All right, cool. Hey, go ahead and take a seat. I'm glad you guys are here. Hey, thank you. Uh, hey, that was awesome, Luke. Thanks for sharing that. Man, it is really cool. I, I think the Lord is up to something. And um, yeah, I, I don't even really know what, what to, it's really crazy that he trusts us. And I'm really grateful that he does, but um, I just kind of, I kind of think of last weekend as not like the culmination, but like after that momentum, I think the Lord is going to keep doing stuff on our campus and, and in our own lives. And so I'm just excited. So, hey, thanks for coming. Glad you guys are at Rally. Thought I had something else to say. But, um, but hey, I'm going to tell you guys a story. This story is uh, a couple years ago. Well, more than a couple years ago, several years ago. Actually, only a couple people might remember this. Matt, you might remember this. If you don't, that's okay. But uh, I, I got my small group, and then it was kind of the beginning of the year. So think like August, September, okay? And I got my small group, and then I got some other guys. They got their small groups. And then we just kind of took as many people as we could to go hike at um, Cooper's Rock, okay? Have, have you all done that before? Okay. And, okay, great. That's awesome. Um, there's like nothing else to do here. So, of course, you hiked at Cooper's Rock. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and and so we went and we were kind of like walking on the trails. But really what we want to do is explore some of these caves. Do you remember this? Okay, maybe. Okay, if you remember it, the next part's going to come. Uh, so, so we're hiking and we're exploring these caves. And, yeah, caves. Like there's caves out there. It's not that crazy. It's just, right? Like, have y'all been in the, like, they're kind of like rock tunnels. Yeah. And they're overhangs and stuff. Okay. Um, sorry, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not, I act like I'm outdoorsy, but I'm not. And, um, and so we were exploring these caves. And so picture this. So, like, we, were, we went off the, like, this is the trail. And we went off the trail, and there was this big opening, okay? And so we went and explored it and, you know, go deeper and deeper. We we're pretty far back. But... It wasn't a cave, actually. Um, it came through, and then it came out. So, like, it's kind of, like, back there, and then we came around, and we came back out towards the uh, trail, okay? So, we got all these guys, but to get through was, like, a really, t you know, really tight squeeze, okay? And so, some of us were kind of like, all right, you know, like, trying to suck it in, trying to get through, kind of scraping our backs and stuff take our backpacks off and stuff like that. And then a couple guys, they were pretty big, and they're like, oh, man, I'm out of here. So they just kind of circled back the other way, okay? And then, and then, so we got out to the trail, and there were a couple, so we were just kind of letting people go through and, and whatnot. Well, anyways, we're kind of, you know, just talking to each other. Some of the guys are showing up, and they're falling out. And then, and then we kind of hear this, like, whimper or, like, a whale and kind of look in and it's dark and I see this this guy and he's like this like stuck in between <laughs> the things and he's crying and he is trying to get through oh before that another guy that was with us who's pretty big um s barely squeezed through and he was like man I kind of like scraped my back and all this type of thing and anyways <laughs> So this guy's stuck. And 
and I don't know what to do. I'm like, man, how are you going to get stuck in a rock? Like, it's not like you can cut it out. It's not like you can bust out. Like, you, what, what, how did you go that far in thinking that you'd still kind of slip on through? Well, anyways, <laughs> I don't remember what happened. Do you remember that? Were you there? Okay, it was hilarious. Okay, it was really sad and scary, I mean, but it was really funny. And, okay, okay, so, so anyways, he gets through, and, and he, and we're like, he's kind of, you know, composing himself, it's embarrassing, I'm very embarrassing, everyone was kind of laughing or scared or something. You don't want to stand out, if you're a freshman, and you're new to this group of people, you don't really want to stand out, and he definitely stood out, and (laughs) so, so, we're like, bro, what what were you thinking? Like, what did you think was going to happen? And he was like, well, I saw that other guy um, go through, and he made it through. And I was like, like, I didn't say anything. I was like, dude, you're at least a third bigger than him. Like, like way larger. And if he, like, you can't just say he went through. So, so here's the deal. Um, I don't think he really hung out with us that much longer. But he, <laughs> I, I, also, we just called him caveman from that point on. And still, that's what he's known as. Okay, so that's Caveman's story. So here's the deal. Like, he he thought he could do it because he was looking at somebody else. Like, he thought he could make it through because he was looking at somebody else. He didn't have a real great grasp on reality. He didn't have a a good idea of, of how big he was. He didn't have a right view of the doorway. Like, if you're getting stuck in a rock, you just don't even have, like, a real reality of, like, what nature's like. Um, and so he thought he was something he wasn't. Okay. Like, does that make sense? Like this guy definitely thought he was something he wasn't. Okay. Okay. So in Matthew chapter seven, verse 13 and 14, I hope this makes sense, but it says this. Okay. And this is the only picture that helped me think about that was caveman's story. Caveman. That was actually caveman's origin story. If you think about it. He might still be out there. (laughs) I mean, you never know. Uh, So so the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14 says this. It says, Jesus is saying, enter by the narrow gate. Ha ha. Uh, for, For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are a few who find it, okay? So that, hopefully, obviously, why did you tell that story? Well, I just told you why. Okay. Jesus, we love you. God, um, yeah, would you just help us to hear your voice tonight? Um, I just, yeah, I just think this is such a, a big deal. Um, really excited about it, but also I know that you want to do so much, Lord, in our lives, in our hearts, and in our futures, and in our friends' lives, God. So would you just give us open hearts, open minds, and open ears to hear what you have to say, God. We love you. You're going to pray. Amen. Cool. Hey, I'm glad you guys are here. You guys are awesome. Um, so Jesus is talking about this, but it can kind of be confusing. And, and honestly, at least from my point of view, when I was kind of reading around it, it doesn't really seem, it kind of just seems like point, point, kind of random point, random point. It wasn't like he was getting to this thing. And... um And so I just want to kind of break down what he's talking about. You know, he says, enter, sorry, narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are a few who find it. 
so what's this gate that that Jesus is talking about? Like, like, is it a gate? I, I asked my favorite Bible scholar, um, well, my second favorite Bible scholar, Sean McEntee, uh, what that means. When I was like, hey, do you think it was a gate? And he was like, I mean, some people think so, but I don't know. But then Sean said this, and he said, if you're going to talk about this, you need to say one thing. He said, you need to see, say Jesus is the gate. Okay? So Jesus is the gate. All right? You happy? Um, but for real, Jesus is the gate. Okay? He says it. Um, he says I'm the door. He says I'm the gate. Um, and, and so when he's talking about Jesus, or sorry, when he's talking about the gate, he's talking about himself. So check this out. We looked at that verse. Jesus says he's the only way to get there, to life, okay? He doesn't even say, hey, if you want to follow my religion or if you want to be a Christian or if you want to this or that, he just says, hey, if you want to live, this is where we're going. Like, you need to go through the gate if you want to live. He's outright saying one way will lead to life, and the other one leads to death and destruction, okay? The stakes couldn't be higher when Jesus talks about this. Like, they, this is all eternity, all, all of heaven and earth is staked on this one thing, okay? Like, life and death, right? Okay, so, hey, you're saying this. You could say this to Jesus, so, I mean, he said it, so you can tell him. And say, hey, Jesus, you know, you're talking about this narrow gate. You're talking about this narrow way. But don't you realize, like, that's really narrow-minded, right? Like, like that's pretty narrow-minded to think that you're the only one, you're the only way. Don't you know about Islam? Don't you know about Jews? Don't you know about Hindus? Don't you know about science? Don't you, you know, all these different ways that people kind of relate to things. But here's the deal. It's actually good to be narrow-minded about some things, okay? It's really, really good to be narrow-minded about some things, It's narrow-minded to think that I'm not going to float into space. Gravity is actually a narrow-minded concept, okay? Um, it's narrow-minded to think that today I'm going to choose to eat food and nourish my body. That's narrow-minded. You can't send, hey, I bet, I bet, y'all. I will, I will take this bet if anybody wants to challenge me. You can't send enough emails that you'll nourish your body for the next 30 years. Okay, stop eating and send emails. Like that's, it's, okay, it's narrow-minded to think that eating is going to nourish your body or sleeping will be good for you or breathing air will be, will be something that you need to live. It's narrow-minded to think these things. It's narrow-minded for you to say that you're alive and that the people that are buried six feet under in the cemetery are dead. Okay, that's narrow-minded. So everything we do, we, we have to realize this one thing. We have to live with absolutes, okay? We have to live with absolutes. When Jesus says, he says, we sung it earlier. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, okay? No one comes to the Father except through me. That's a very narrow-minded thing to say. But if it's true, it doesn't really matter if it's narrow-minded or not. It's true. So one of, one of my favorite people... Um, his name's Keith Green. Um, he writes a bunch of songs that I really like. He also, um, I, I mean, he like speaks. I don't know what he is, but he's just an, an anomaly. Well, he's dead now, but he, uh, yeah, he's just really awesome, loves God. 
And so he grew up, he was born, he was, he was born in California to a, um, like a, a Jewish family, but he wasn't Jewish. He was, um, in a cult, like a kind of like a Christian based cult. I don't know what that is, but that's what he was in. And so he was real, con- I mean, imagine how confusing that would be like, okay, I'm supposed to be Jewish, but I'm also kind of a Christian, but I'm really in this cult. Like, that's got to be the most confusing th- way to grow up. And, um, and so he, when he got a little bit older, he was trying to figure out, he was like, you know what? And this is really like, um, admirable thing to do is to seek out what's really true. Right? Like, that's actually a really admirable thing to do. And that's what he did. So he kind of went on this, like, journey, you know, intellectually to kind of seek out what's true. So this is what he did. And this is, like, I can't get this out of my mind. I heard him say this a few years ago, and I say this all the time, and I think about it probably even more often. And he basically said it seemed like he was kind of sitting in the middle of this big circle. And... And so he kind of thought about Jewish faith because that's what he, that's what his family was. And they say all throughout the Old Testament, well, all throughout the Jewish Bible, which is the Old Testament, they point to this thing called the Messiah, right? Okay, so they're pointing to the Messiah. And then he checked out, um, uh, like, Hindu faith. And they're like, hey, there's all these gods, but, you know, Jesus can be a guru. He can be your spiritual leader. So they're kind of pointing out one way. And, and then he, like, looked at Islam, and they're like, hey, you know what? Jesus is a prophet. He's pointing to God. There's all these different things. So basically what Keith Green had in his mind was every religion and every worldview was pointing to this, to this one thing, and it was Jesus. And then Jesus was basically like, like that, okay? And, and to me, that's just, like, that's, like, kind of simple and kind of silly, but it makes the most sense, like, if everyone's pointing you out, and then you say, I'm the only way, I agree with you, I agree with you, I agree with you, I am the only way. And so this is what Jesus is saying. There's only one gate that leads to life. But here's the deal. When it comes to us, and making, that, and, and, and making our minds up about that, you are the only one who can make that call, okay? And, and here's the thing with the gate. You can't say, oh, hey, you know what? I'm with so-and-so, so I can get in too. My mom, my aunt, my whatever was cool with Jesus, and so I can too. And this is just reminiscent of the caveman story. He could say the other guy made it through, but he didn't have his eyes on the, on the right place. Like, like, I can't make it through, okay? So, you know, when I was younger, just like Keith Green, um, I also tried to, to kind of figure some of this stuff out. I didn't try as hard as he is because he's super smart. Um, but when I was in high school, this was kind of my thought process. I was like super ignorant, A. But also this is just kind of how I thought. I was like, okay, hey, the Goths are over there. They're all atheists. I'm not one of them. The Arabs are all over there. I'm not Muslim. I'm not one of them. So I must be a Christian. And that's honestly what I believe for mo- like most of the beginning of my life. My family said they were Christians, so I must be a Christian too. But guys, I was so lost. I didn't either have the gate or the, or the path. I was not on either one of those. I was in this wide open path to destruction. Um, and so you can only say, the only person you can say you're with in this, in this whole gate situation, hey, I'm with Jesus, okay? I can't be with my grandpa. I can't be with my pastor. I can't be with my small group leader. I can't be with my roommate. I have to be with Jesus, okay? 
Jesus says, there isn't another way to the path. He says, you can't even circumvent the gate. You have to go through the gate in order to get onto the path. Okay, we're going to talk about the path in a second. But you must enter by the gate. Some people want the gate only. Okay, so Jesus says two things. Um, There's a gate and there's a path. Some people want the path, sorry, want the gate without the path. Okay, this is where I was. I wanted Jesus to save me from hell forever. I didn't want to go to hell. I didn't really understand it, but I knew that's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my existence. But I was deceived into thinking that he wasn't concerned with my daily life, the way that I lived, the way that I thought, and my allegiance. I wanted a savior who got me out of trouble, but let me do whatever felt good, and I didn't want any of the consequences. Hey, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't get any of those consequences, even though I'm living off the rails, right? I don't want to have fear, anxiety, envy, a bad temper. I don't want any of that stuff in my life because I'm, a, I'm with Jesus, right? Like, that's what I thought. I wanted the gate, no path, okay? Some people think about it incorrectly, and they think, okay, well, that's great. Like, like I want Jesus. I want the gate. That way I, don't, I can go to heaven when I die, right? And that makes sense. But the scary thing about that is people believing, like I did, that I can live however I want, and then I, and then I kind of claim on to the Jesus card. Okay, now that I'm in this bad accident, you know, Jesus, please save me, or I'm on my deathbed. Hey, when I get older, I'll think about that type of thing. That just, that doesn't really make sense to me. No one who loves God gets to live how they want, okay? No one who loves God only gets to live how they want, only gets to do the things that feel good, only gets to do these things that that seem pleasant. When you go through the gate, Jesus is Lord now. We get to live how God wants us to, and actually, it's a better way than we would have ever thought of in the first place. If you want the gate without the path, you miss the whole point. God wants your life, not just your death. He doesn't just count numbers and, and tickets into heaven. He wants us to actually live for him as we're doing our daily life here at WVU, at home, all these different things anyways. God wants us, yeah, he, this is what he doesn't want. He doesn't want us to choose part of our life to let him have and then, and then keep the rest for myself, okay? You can only have, hey, God, you know what? I'm going to be extra generous to you. You can have all my free time, but when it comes to my classes, and my studies, like, that's going to be my thing, okay? Um, you can have my days. Hey, I'll even give you my days. I'll even give you Saturday uh, and Sunday morning. But my evenings, hey, that's me time. You know what I'm saying? Like, God is, if we're going to go through the gate, he gets it all, okay? Jesus says, he, he promises, he says, I will give you life, and I will give you abundant life. And some people say eternal life. And I, and I kind of had this recognition uh, a few years ago, eternal life isn't, um, it doesn't start when you die, okay, uh, physically. It actually starts when you, when you die to yourself and you give your life to Jesus, then you start having eternal life. And that's what people don't understand. We miss the point um, because the other side of the gate is narrow, but it's fuller and better than anything we could have ever imagined, okay? So if we see this gate standing in front of us, that, that, that doorway, going, you know, Jesus is there, and he's the only way to get there. There's no other way to get to that thing. But if we go through there, that is going to be better than anything I could do myself. Any happiness that I could conjure up, 
any pleasure, you know, any self-living, like all these different things like, like that is always going to be better. I think Jesus talked about the same thing pretty much everywhere he went. He was really simple. He didn't use that many big words. Uh, when you read Jesus's words, it's really not very confusing, um, which is really cool. He's talking to simple people um, like myself. And so in Luke chapter 13, verse 23 and 24, uh, actually just uh, verse 23, uh, this guy comes up to Jesus and he says, um, Lord, are there few who are saved? Are there few who are saved? Um, and I wonder how you would answer that question. Do you think it's a lot of people that get saved? Do you think it's a few people that get saved? Do you think it's a medium amount? Um, Timmy and I have argued about this many times. Um, and, and we still don't know, but this is what Jesus said, because he doesn't really give a clear answer, but he says this, he, in, in verse 24, he says, strive to enter through the narrow gate for many, I say to you will seek to enter and will not be able. Okay. He says, strive to enter through the narrow gate for many, I say to you will seek to enter and will not be able. Um, my favorite Bible scholar that Sean's behind is Alexander McLaren. And he helped me think about this. He said, he said, there's a huge difference between striving and seeking. It's like the difference between wishing and willing. I, oh, I wish that I could go to heaven or, or, Hey, I'm going to do everything it takes that Jesus says to get to heaven. I'm going to go through that gate. I'm going to walk on that way. He says, plenty of people would like to possess earthly good, but cannot brace themselves to needful work and sacrifice. They don't, they don't, they don't want to do what it takes to, to get that earthly good. He says plenty of people would like to go to heaven as they understand the phrase, but can't screw themselves up to the surrender of self and the world. We must strive and not only seek. When you seek, you're just kind of walking by the gate. Oh, there's that gate again. Hey, I see that gate. I'm looking at the gate. I'm really close. I'm going to stick you know, in something like that, hokey pokey on it. Like, that's seeking. But if you're striving, you say, hey, you know what? All this other stuff actually makes a lot of sense. There isn't every argument answered when it comes to Jesus, but I'm going to do everything that it takes to trust him and, 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 and love him, okay? So the toll to enter the narrow gate is what I just said. It's trust in Jesus, that he is the best and right option to get to life. Because look, hey, whatever you pick, you're staking eternity on it. If you pick it's not Jesus and you're wrong, that's not good. You're leading to destruction. If you stake that it is Jesus and you're wrong, that's not good. You're leading to destruction. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to pick something. And just because you don't think about it or you want to think about it when you're older or you haven't read enough books or you're not really sure, you know what I'm saying? Like, like there has to be a decision at some point and, and honestly, I mean, at the end of the day, something is going to be decided for you if you don't make that decision, okay? So, are you looking for a different way to life? The only way that Jesus says is the narrow gate. So, you okay? Y'all okay? Okay. So, we got through the gate. And, and this is where most people stop. Oh, hey, you're saved. Congratulations, you're saved. And that is a huge deal, okay? You stop there, you miss out on what Jesus talks about. He doesn't say, hey, get in the gate, 
and you're good to go. You can do whatever you want, right? He said, remember, he said, narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, okay? And there are a few who find it. Not many places that you go, and this is one reason that I'm just so grateful. <laughs> um, is we say this all the time. Chi Alpha is a training ground, okay? I don't want you to get everything right the whole time you're here. I want you to make mistakes. I want you to take a lot of risks. I want you to make a lot of messes so that when you graduate and you go into the workplace, when you graduate and you go overseas, when you graduate and you get married, when you graduate and you have a kid and a family, you're not just not messing all that stuff up. You're like a powerful force bringing the Holy Spirit into those places that those generations, that the, that workplace is going to be changed forever. Your family lineage is going to is going to look to you as like the pioneer into the gate and, and onto the way like that's what that's that's a really cool thing to be known for. So. Don't stop here. It's not about, hey, you give your life to Jesus now. I guess you should just go to church or a small group. Like, that's maybe a good place to start, but there's way, way, way more to it than that. Because that's lame. Like, if it's just you get saved and then all you do, all the responsibility that you have is to go to church, nobody wants to do that. Like, nobody <laughs> nobody wants to go to church anyways. Like, <laughs> like if that's all that you're responsible for, that's that's the lamest thing. And that's not what Jesus says. So we're talking about We said this. The path can only be accessed through Jesus, and then it's up to you and him to figure out what's next. Okay? Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And it's up to you. After you go through the gate, it's up to you and him to figure it out. Okay? If I asked you what God wants from all people, well, I'll ask you. What do you guys think God wants all people from all people? What do you guys want from all people? What? Themselves. Okay, great. What else? Anybody know? Not that that's wrong. Anybody have a guess? Y'all are quiet. Hope y'all aren't this quiet everywhere you go. It's called being a person. <laughs> Love your neighbor, okay? Obedience, okay? Okay, cool. Hey, those things are true. Of all things, God is, God wants us to be holy, okay? If we love our neighbor without being holy, that's what a lot of people do. A lot of there's a lot of money to be given, a lot of money to be gotten out of loving. It's called charity, okay? Um, if you're, and I'm going to talk about this, yeah. If you're obedient, but you're not holy, that's what we're going to get to here in a second, okay? When I think about the, the narrow way, okay, we got, through the, we got through the gate, now we're on this path. I, I really do think about it like, um, like caveman, okay? It is like a a really narrow rock, I don't know what that's called, between two mountains, rock area, and it's a converging, two converging cliffs. The further you walk, the, the harder and the smaller you must become. The harder it is to get through and the smaller you must become. 
So you really might start out. If you just go through the gate, let's just say this weekend you got saved. Some people got saved this weekend. That's amazing. If you just start out just loving Jesus and wanting to do what he says, that's all you need to do. That's all you need to start out doing. You can come in here. If you're just loving Jesus, you just start out trusting him. You can have a filthy mouth. You can have a filthy lifestyle. But soon, okay, soon enough, he will become everything to you and begin to speak to you about your life and living in the love that he has for you. Okay? If you go through the gate, that probably will happen. It should happen. But it doesn't mean that you have to have that all in, set in place in order to get through the gate. But then as those kind of cliffs come together, you're going to get to this point. It, it, and this is the, the, like the rowdiest, most unbelievable part of walking with God, okay? It becomes less of the can't do this, I had to stop doing this when I got saved. Oh, I had to start reading my boring old Bible. I couldn't go to parties anymore. Like all that type of thing, it, it becomes less of the can't do these rules and becomes more of rules for friendship. Oh, I would never do that to my friend. Why would I ever backstab him? It hurt his heart that I said that thing or that I treated my friend that way or that I acted like that towards my family. And that's where this is. That's where this changes completely. You start looking for more things to give up because they're getting between you two. God, I don't want to do this anymore. Can I, can, like, can, I, can you just help me stop doing this? I don't want to hurt you anymore. I know that this is breaking your heart. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be your friend. And he's smiling at you. He's smiling towards you. And, and you get to become friends with God on this, on this path. I think the way of, of this path, the way to holiness is, is humility. It's making yourself as small as possible in order to go through. You, you kind of start walking up to, the, up to like the, the gap, and it's smaller and smaller. And you're like, oh, I can't take this. That's okay. I get to be with Jesus, and that's all that's mattered because he is the way to life, right? His friendship is life. So we call this holiness. Holiness is a characteristic of the narrow way. Uh, I just, man, I read this quote a couple weeks ago, and, and it's amazing. Uh, it says, holiness is not the way to salvation. It's the fruit and character of salvation, okay? It's not the way to salvation. You don't need to be holy to go through the gate. You just have to love and trust Jesus. But you will become holy if you stay on the path. Does that make sense? It's the fruit and character of salvation, and if, if you're not becoming holy, then maybe the gate part got mixed up, okay? It can only be grown as we walk along the path after we enter through the gate of Jesus. This is the wrong idea of holiness. It means you need to be cleaned up before you go through the gate. You need to be cleaned up before you come to Jesus. The right idea of holiness means come to Jesus and he's going to clean you up along the way, okay? Come to Jesus and he's going to come cl clean you up along the way. Holiness means this. It, it kind of can get convoluted. It means sincere, blameless, and mature. When the Bible says perfect, it means holy. So you should be perfect. And that means sincere, blameless, and mature. That may mean not faultless. Hey, I didn't know that I shouldn't do that. That's not it. It's, hey, I'm living. We say knowledge equals responsibility. I'm living up to the knowledge that I have. I know that this is right. I know that this will make God happy, I'm going to do it. Hey, I know that's wrong. I know that will hurt God's heart. I'm not going to do it. Not because I'm afraid, but because I love and I trust him. Holiness on the narrow path always leads to righteousness. 
Holiness and righteousness are these are these big churchy words. So we just said holiness means blameless, mature, and sincere. Righteousness means a right standing with God. It means friendship with him, one where I'm not hurting him anymore every single day. Okay? So we mentioned this. Some want the um, gate without the path. Remember that? Now we're going to say some want the path without the gate. Okay? Oh, we've done it pretty soon. Um, Um, okay, so so I hope everybody in this room um, becomes holy and gets married. Uh, if if you um, don't walk with God, don't get married because it's just going to end and it's not going to be good. Um, but if you do walk with God, you should get married. It's the best thing that I've ever done, one of the best things I've ever done. Uh, and, and Katie is the best wife for me, and this is why, okay? Are you ready to hear a, a great story? Okay. Oh, I asked her, every time I speak, I'm not that great of a speaker, I know that, and I asked her, I asked her, she's really good at editing and proofreading and, and helping me kind of like um, line up my thoughts, so I'm not just standing up here like trying to explain stuff, and you guys are like, all right, this is <laughs> joker. Um, so so I asked her to, to read over it, every time I speak, I ask her to read over it, and hey, what do you think, you help me, blah, blah, blah. And, and this, is, this is why she's the best wife I could ever have, okay? Because I said, hey, what'd you think? And she said, hey. And then she said, I, it made me think of this. And then she said the two words, okay, that will win my heart no matter what, okay? Are you ready? It's a secret, but I'm going to let everybody here know. Okay, it's, it's Indiana Jones, okay? It's Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is like my favorite thing. I think about it all the time. I admit it's not that great, but to me, I love it. And and she's right. So if if you if you do have anything to do this weekend, watch Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and all the other movies. And if you don't have anything to do this weekend, then go ahead and watch uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And and this is why. Okay. So Indiana Jones, he's this like professor, archaeologist, adventure guy. And so is his dad. And in this movie, I'm not going to spoil anything, I promise. Um, and, and basically, his dad dedicated his life to finding the, the Holy Grail, okay? Which is like the cup of Christ, supposedly. And it's not true because it says that that will give you eternal life. But Jesus said only the gate and the path will give you eternal life. So don't believe everything in the movies. But, um, so he gets, and his dad gives his whole life to, to finding the Holy Grail, and he writes all these secrets down in the Grail Diary, okay? So he gets this Grail Diary. Is this, is this enticing, y'all? I know it is. Um, and basically, he knows these secrets, and then there's also Nazis, okay? So, like, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing better than these movies, because they're the bad guys, and... And, and they finally find this, like, this like cave. Everything's about caves tonight, okay? Um, and so the, he's in the cave, and they send, well, they actually send this Jordanian guy. And he has to walk into this, like, cobwebby, misty tunnel, okay? And that's where the grail's supposed to be. And so he's fixing to walk through, and, and Indiana Jones in the back with all the secrets. But he doesn't say them. He knows what the secrets are. And he starts walking, and he's, he's like, being brave. 
and and he walks and then they hear this gr- grumbling rumbling and then they hear the um like that sound like that twing like the metal sound and then the guy stops all of a sudden and then his head falls off and rolls back towards them so he's dead okay oh yeah and then um and then Indiana Jones on the secret he says he says the penitent man will pass okay he says the penitent man will pass and and Indiana Jones knows the penitent man will pass which penitent means humble okay so shout out to Katie she's right all this has to do with this and so he starts walking into the mist and they're like work oh I won't tell that part um but it's really important but it will spoil the movie and so it's not important to this story um and so he starts walking into the mist and he's walking and he hears the grumbling sound and then he gets as small as possible and he does a roll and then he gets past and then these huge metal like uh gear things that chopped off the guy before his head miss him and he walks through safely okay so that's all that happens but for real, if you become small, you will be saved, okay? If you become small, you will be saved. And that's not it, okay? That's done with Indiana Jones. But some people want the path without the gate, okay? The gate without the path, I think, is pretty, like, religious. Like, if, you, if you're, like, religious, like, grew up in a religious area, then that's pretty normal, uh, sadly. The path without the gate, I actually think, is incredibly popular, and normal right now to talk about. Actually, a lot of like famous podcasts, um, somebody that I just like absolutely love and and look forward to him um, going through the gate one day, hopefully, is uh, Jordan Peterson. Um, he has amazing thoughts. He's, he's a great thinker. I think he's going to go down as like one of the greatest thinkers of our generation. But this guy loves the Bible, okay? He loves the Bible. He talks about how great the Bible is. Dude, he cries when he's talking. About, he cries a lot, but he cries when he's talking about the cross. Like, he leads every conversation to Jesus and the Bible. And he, and he isn't a Christian. Like, he wouldn't even say that Jesus is his Lord. And he wants, he loves the teachings of the Bible, okay? He loves the, the and, and that's the philosophy of the Bible, okay? And that's really normal. Like, like the Bible's teachings and philosophies are really good things like if you just followed them you'd have an okay society but you will not have a good life and and this is the danger if you want the path without the gate you're going through there without knowing that that the penitent man will pass and your and your head is gone okay you will become self-righteous you will you will get confused you'll confuse other people you'll lead them down the wrong path into harm's way your motive will be wrong if you want the path without the gate i want to live a holy life without Becoming holy through Jesus, it's not going to happen. The only right way to live a holy life is having the motive of love for Jesus, okay? It can only be that, not fear of punishment or hope for reward. I want to live a holy life so I don't go to hell. Jesus isn't in that. Oh, I want to live a holy life so I can go to heaven. Jesus isn't in that either. It has to be both. I think... When we talk about holiness, it's right motive mixed with right actions. So you can't have just right actions. You can't just have right motive. It has to be both, and that's the way of holiness. Jesus did this. 
Okay, if we look at this, Jesus walked along this narrow path. Uh, Van, y'all can come up. He left everything behind to be holy, to live his life in obedience to the Father out of love for him. Jesus didn't give up all that stuff for you. Jesus didn't leave heaven and all those different things for me. He did it to obey his Father because he loved him. I'm not worth all that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not worth all that. We're not worth all that. But God loves us so much that he wanted us to spend eternity with him. He wanted us to be holy. He wanted us to have friendship with him. He wanted us to have righteousness. And so Jesus gave up these things. Jesus didn't um, give up his life so that you could go to church once a week or, or a small group. Okay? That's, that wasn't his goal. Um, he didn't die so that you'd stop drinking too much. He didn't die so that you wouldn't cuss like you used to. He died so that we could have holy righteousness relationship with him. That's awesome. And when we cheapen it and we, and, and we, and we cheapen what God does for us, then that's when we say, hey, I just want the gate or I just want the path. Does that make sense? Like this is, this is a really big deal. Um, Jesus died of a broken heart because he knows that the best thing for us is friendship with him. And when we cheapen the gate or we cheapen the path to, hey, I'm a Christian because I go to church or I'm a Christian because my mom's saved. Man, that's, that's not what Jesus died for. And, and I think this is cool. The old saying is true. People say this. It's not about the destination, right? It's about the journey. And that's kind of corny. Um, some people might think that's in the Bible. It's not. Um, but I think that's probably pretty true. But here's what's more true. It's, it's not about the journey or the destination as much as it's about the person that's with you. You get to spend eternity with Jesus, starting whenever you want. Isn't that cool? Like, you, you can start this, not when you die. You don't spend eternity with Jesus just when you die. You can start um, spending eternity with him tonight, last week, a couple months ago. Um, Jesus is right next to us all along the narrow path. That's what he wants. If you're walking on the path, if you're walking on the path and you entered by the gate, keep your eyes on Jesus. And here's the next thing. We want to show other people the gate. We want to show other people how to get in here, right? If I have something really great and I withhold it from you, that's really mean, right? But if I love you and I want you to en enjoy this with me, then that's pretty great. So don't leave out helping other people go through the gate. You can think of yourself as like a trail guide. I think that's fun. Um, you, get to, you get to walk along the trail and, and help other people know what this looks like, okay? So we're going to worship, but um, I, uh, I want us to be really honest, okay? I want us to be really honest with ourselves. Don't be like caveman, okay? You need to be honest. You need to see what's real. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God. I want there to be, like, a response, okay? And, and you can pray in your seat and all that type of thing. That's great. But what's really cool is if you come up here and you pray and your friends are praying with you, right? Um, and so here's the thing. I'm going to say this at least one time, okay? So there's three different stations, one on that side, one in the middle, one on this side, okay? And this is kind of new, so we're just going to have to try it and it's going to be awesome okay so on this side pay attention um on this side 
if you want to enter the gate, hey, I want I, this gate sounds awesome. I want to enter the gate. I don't want to be self-righteous anymore. I don't want to think that I can do this on my own anymore. I want to enter this gate. Hey, maybe I've been trying to walk on the path. Maybe I went to church my whole life. And this is time, the night, that I'm going to start going through the gate. Okay? The middle, where I'm at, so the stairs of the gate, um, the middle is going to be, hey, I want to walk on the path. Okay? I want to walk on this narrow path. I wouldn't say I'm on that path. Because, hey, I think I'm saved, but, but I want to live a holy life. This sounds really different than what I thought being a Christian was. I thought you just went up and prayed a prayer, and then you try and be as good as you can and hope for the best, right? Like, like God will forgive me. Um, and, so, and so this is going to be if you want to walk on the path. And then um, over by those speakers, it's, uh, hey, I, I've gone through the gate, and I'm walking on the path, and I want to take some other people with me. I want to show other people what this looks like because that that's ultimately the next step. Does that make sense? So there's this kind of really easy progression, gate, path, other people on the path, right? Like gate, path, and then just kind of repeat, and we get to do that. And, and, and look, at every single step, it's not just me. Jesus is at each one of these stations. He wants us to do this with him. He doesn't want us to get way out in front of him. He's not going to be impressed by that. He doesn't want us to go find a secret passage Anything like that. Like, he, he will be impressed if we're obedient, if, we wanna, if we're honest, and we want to live a holy life. So, um, so yeah, I, just got, I want you guys to come up, pray, um, ask your small group leader, ask your friend to come pray with you. But that's what we're going to do. And we're going to worship, and the Lord's going to meet us. Okay? I'm going to pray, and then, um, and then you guys can come on up. Um, Jesus, we love you. God, thank you for, um, yeah, just how simple and loving you are, God that you care for us and you want um, what's best for us, Lord. God, thank you that you, yeah, you do have um, our best interest in mind and these things that you said are the best things that we can do, God. Um, Lord, I pray for courage. Um, I pray for honesty and I pray for um, un, like, uh, not un, um, a voice that's from you that's not confusing, God, a clear, not confusing voice from you, God. We love you and you never pray. Amen.